excited about today's episode. We are talking with Trudy Crow. She is the owner and founder of Lovebird Weddings, which is a wedding planning and styling agency established in 2007. Trudy is a recent founder of WedCoach for wedding coaching and software. She is an advocate for small businesses and she is a truly inspiring and motivating force in the industry. Trudy has had such an impressive career history leading up to what she does now. It's no surprise to see her and her team absolutely killing it. She has 15 years experience in marketing and research in the media industry. She was the marketing manager for InStyle, Bride-to-Be and Practical Parenting magazines. She was a research director for Murdoch magazines, which covers big names like Marie Claire, Men's Health, Better Homes and Gardens and more. She's the creator of The Power of Celebrity, which is the largest study in the Southern Hemisphere on the impact of celebrity and purchasing habits. She was the marketing director for Morrison Media, which launched Frankie magazine. And she is the previous chairman of Raw, the UK's largest running youth research project. As you can see, Trudy has had real life experience in so many different professional fields, but I would be doing her a disservice if I didn't mention her incredible personal qualities. She was a first-time mum at 41, a previous ballerina, loves gym and running, a lover of love stories, a traveller, a giggler and a storyteller, and just a wonderfully genuine, warm and kind person to everyone she encounters. I'm so excited to dive into this episode with Trudy. We talk about the context of her experiences which led her to where she is today, how she started building a team and what it takes to be a great leader, with so many different tidbits and little tips and, and the insights in between. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please give Trudy and Lovebirds a follow on Instagram. Share us in your stories. We would absolutely love that if you enjoy this episode. All right, let's get into it. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Trudy. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on, Jack. That's my pleasure. I'm actually like in Trudy's office, so even though I'm thanking <laughs> you for being here, I'm here. But anyway, <laughs> I've worked with you like a little bit over the years and like things have drastically changed I feel like in the last year for me but that like I have so much to thank you for for kind of your guidance and everything so I'm, I'm super excited for this chat because I know I'll get like so many more tidbits and everything from your amazing mind so yeah thank you. Oh no that's exciting yeah do, definitely from my perspective I've obviously seen you grow and transform amazingly I'm just trying to remember the first time I met you it was probably I was trying to remember that too and I couldn't – oh, it was at the wedding. Yeah. yeah. And it was when you were doing – were you doing some work for Spoon, spoon fed. fed? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, who, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> um, and now here we are. Yeah. And I'm just so um, transfixed by your, um, your growth actually and um, it's just been such a pleasure to watch. And I think, you know, we're going to touch on this a little bit later but – so much of personal growth is attached to commitment and um yeah and 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 not many people have that kind of level of commitment so it's been really great to see yours and see you flourish off the back of that so well done oh thank you that's so <laughs> sweet well i'm going to get kick started into this my first question for you is um you know focused on you because i want people to understand 
you and what you do, like, you know, the context of you and why you do that. So um, what do we need to know about you as a person to understand why you do what you do and why you love it so much? Yeah. <laughs> uh, such a good one. Um, well, for those of you who don't know me, I have a own a wedding planning and styling agency called Lovebird Weddings. Um, I've had this business for 15 years. Absolutely adore my business. Um, uh, but it's my second career over the, the, the spanning of my lifetime. And, um, but it's probably no surprise that I actually ended up in weddings because I think, you know, if I kind of go back to when I was a kid, you know, I've always been a true romantic. Um, I've definitely been a, a lover of love stories, uh, something that <laughs> probably nobody knows because I think there's one, no, two people who um, who know this about me. I uh, now am many more will. <laughs> but I, I have actually written a novel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which I've never had published. Yeah. But, um, and it was uh, a lo- a kind of like a love story, you mm. know. I've, that's how obsessed with... Um, uh, stories about love and companionship and commitment I, I, I've been in my life, yeah. So, um, yeah, one day I might have the courage to actually put that out there. But oh my gosh, right. you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's, it's, a, it's a story that spans over uh, three uh, decades of a family. So, I don't know, it just born out of my imagination. But, but one day, many, many years ago, I sat down and I was like, I want to write a story. I want to write a love story. So, I, I went away and I did that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess for me, I, you know, I've always had that in my heart. And it's so strange because my career, obviously, you know, going back when I was setting myself up for a career, I, <laughs> I definitely you know, didn't start that way. Mm. You know, I, I started um, training actually to be an accountant, can you believe? Mm. <laughs> a bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> I, I started out doing an accounting degree at uni and then as my accounting degree was about to come to fruition, I decided that what, that wasn't the path for me, mm-hmm. that, I, I, that was something different for me. And back in those old days, <laughs> uh, showing my age a little bit here, Not but, at all. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the old days, um, a, a the, that particular year, a new um, sort of degree came out in New Zealand, and it was called Management Studies, and it was the study of of management and people and ways and systems to manage people well. And I was really intrigued by this. I didn't know. It was all kind of new age back then, you know. And I thought, well, I'm going to change my degree in my last year at uni, which put a lot of pressure on me. So I had to nearly triple the amount of subjects in my last year just to complete a different major. But I did. I went in a and did that and I'm really really glad I did because even after I finished uni I thought when am I ever going to use this information again uh, it's amazing how it comes up for you later in life. Does that mean there's hope for my kinesiology degree? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> wow, I Maybe. did not know that you did that, really. Yeah, yeah, I did very that. Cool, very cool. That's always oh going to come in handy, I reckon. <laughs> oh, amazing. So after you've completed that course, what, what did you do then? Yeah, so I, I actually t- I got a one-way ticket to Australia. I was living in New Zealand. 
uh, one-way ticket to Australia and, and kind of bummed off my dad for about nine months. I was waitressing in a restaurant and um, my dad sat me down one day and he said, right, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> and I said, I don't know what I want to do. And he got out a piece of paper, and this is no word of a lie, he put a piece of paper down in front of me. He drew a line down the centre of it, and he said, on the left-hand side, I want you to write down all the things that you love doing and you're passionate about in your life. And then on the right-hand side, write down all the things that you think you're good at. And let's see if we can find a match. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that... I um, I really loved at that particular time reading magazines, <laughs> uh, reading um, of anything and I was obsessed with magazines and um, I was also very good at mathematics, obviously hence why I went into accounting mm-hmm. thinking but in fact it just didn't set my soul on fire, you know. Surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Comes in handy a little bit later Mm. in life. But, um, yeah, so we we sort of sat down and I said, well, you know, how can I do this in magazines? And and so we started looking at opportunities there and then that's how I got my first job. I got my first job uh, at a place called Murdoch Magazines, which at that time, the year that I started, launched Marie Claire. Mm-hmm. And I became a research assistant in their um, sort of marketing advertising department. Oh, awesome. And I thought that was remarkable because at my fingertips I had access to all this information about people around Australia. And I thought, wow, like information is, is this is just amazing. So um, that's how I started out. Mm. And I kind of worked my way up through magazines uh, as a researcher, statistical researcher. And then after five years at Murdoch Magazines, I I headed off to London. And then I worked at um, the Independent Newspaper for a year. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that later. But that, that was a prime example of a business that that didn't put its people first. Okay. Uh, I, w- I only lasted there a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I moved to um, EMAP Advertising and they were an incredibly inspirational company. And then after four years there, I moved back uh, to work for Murdoch Magazines again. And I've worked across probably in my life now um, maybe about 35 magazine brands. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, prior to launching my business, my, my last role and foray in the magazine world was I was the marketing manager of uh, InStyle magazine, okay. Bride to Be magazine and Practical Parenting. Wow. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then basically what happened is I could see that magazines, the times for magazines were coming to an end Mm -hmm. and um, the man I was dating at that time had proposed to me and he was from Noosa and so then he said, why don't we go up to Noosa, get married and start living up there? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I went, yeah, (laughs) let's do that. So, so that's what we did. We we moved up to Noosa, and um, and yeah, I took about six months off work and took a little bit of time to think about what I wanted to do. 
And that's when I started noticing that there were some beautiful weddings happening in Noosa. And I had a lot of event management experience by that stage. I'd been working in celebrity events for about five years Mm. by that stage. And I thought, imagine surrounding myself with love every day. This could be a dream job for me. So I began my first business. Amazing. And what did it look like in those early days? <laughs> Very different to what <laughs> it looks like now. I um, I had a business. I originally launched my business. It was called Events by Design. It wasn't called Lovebird Weddings back then. I um, My intention was to actually do more events than, than weddings at the beginning, but um, Noosa didn't really have a corporate events market back then. And um, and then I started looking around the Sunshine Coast and um, these incredible venues that were launching up in Mullaney and, and Montville. And there was an existing wedding planning business up there, which I took over that business. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I was running events by design and Mullaney Weddings and Events side by side. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do this. Mm. I'm going to merge the two businesses and create my dream business and that's how Lovebird Weddings began. And was it just you then at the start? I Right at that particular time there was myself and I had a girl Friday, Sarah, and um, she was amazing. So she was finishing off her events management degree and uh, she would come and work uh, for me one day a week as part of her course. Mm -hmm. But yeah, pretty much back in those days, it was me doing everything. That's a lot. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very different back then because I I started my business as a wedding planning agency. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the styling. Yeah. And then as I started getting into the wedding planning in my first year, I thought I couldn't get hold of the decor that I wanted. Uh and that was really starting to frustrate me and mm. I decided, oh, well, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just buy a few pieces. Mm. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then essentially what happened is um, then that, that side of my business really started to take off. And, mm. of course, um, you, you cannot be planning uh, planning a wedding and, and styling it at the same time. And so there was a need for me to... Um, to, to bring on staff it was mm. inevitable that I they, I had to expand yeah. my team was there like a breaking point or something that happened when you knew you needed to start bringing people on absolutely I think I tried to do it on my own for quite some time and I was pretty much working 90 to 100 hours a week and at some stage that's going to break you yes. <laughs> and I remember taking my husband actually and I said you know I need you to come and do a pack down with me mm-hmm. because there was a couple of things in there that I couldn't lift on my own and <laughs> and he said to me at the end of the night I mean because he really struggled with it and he was like don't 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 ask me to do that again that was so full on mm-hmm. and that's when I realized it's like actually what I do um, because I was so passionate about it, I didn't actually realise how full on it was until I brought someone else into the picture. And then I went, okay, it's time time for me to spread my wings a bit here. It's such an interesting perspective to like see it from someone else's point of view because I feel like I've been there too where it's like people keep telling me like, why are you working so hard? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, it's fun. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah. I mean, to me... 
I, you know, looking back and working those hours, I mean, I was 34 when I launched my business and I had a lot more energy than I have now. But I, I, you know, even now I still have a lot of energy. But back then it was like, you know, someone had told me actually um, the year I launched my business, I don't know if I read it or someone told me it, but I heard the statistics that if you didn't launch your business before the age of 35, the chances of you sticking with that business and succeeding were extremely low. And I thought, wow, I've only got a year to go. I better do it now. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. And, And so, like, as soon as I got into creating my business and, and look, you know, I was managing really big brands in my previous career. So I knew how to create a business plan and a budget and I had all those kind of, you know, ways of engaging with business and growing business and marketing and all of that expertise already, you know, in place within me. So, you know, like launching my business and writing my first business plan it was so exciting because it was mine, you know, and it's like, well, how do I want to do this? You know, essentially I'm in the driver's seat here. So that to me was, it was not a chore. It still isn't a chore. It's, it's, that's the best part of having your own business. And the most inspiring part of having your own business is, is trying the things that you've always wanted to try Mm. and um and if you truly love it and you're truly passionate about it it's never a chore Mm. I love that (laughs) so when you're starting to grow that team was there any like big hurdles what was the biggest hurdle when you're starting to try and employ people because the thought of that for me is so overwhelming and like there's so much to consider and like to look for in a person. So what did that look like? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're actually – so I started at the beginning with real baby steps. So what I did is I I bought on um, casuals, you know, or one day or two day a week. And then I had an incident um, which changed my perception completely about – who I wanted to have in my business and um, so what actually happened is I had a huge marquee event uh, at Spices Head and Vale for 160 people and it was myself and and two casuals were going to go and do I was going to do the planning they were going to do the styling and the morning of that wedding they both text me and pulled out oh my gosh yeah nightmare fuel (laughs) yeah and it was that you know and I thought how am I going to do this and um so I brought my partner along that day to help me and we got it done uh I think we finished at about 4 a.m in the morning by the time we'd done the the cleanup and then we actually had to drive home back to the coast and we were so tired that he actually drove the truck up the wrong side of the highway <gasps> Oh no! <laughs> at one stage and oh. we went hang on a minute this is not good and we pulled over had a little bit of a sleep yeah. and then we um we carried on and the next morning when I got up I went that can never ever yeah. happen again and I need to if I exp- if if I want commitment I, I've got to commit so it's a little bit, this is a really great exercise to use in all parts of your life. 
Like if you need something in your life, if you need loyalty, then be more loyal. If you need love, then then give more love, right? Mm. So at that point I was like, I really want commitment, so I've got to commit. Mm. So that's when I decided, right, I'm going to get a full-timer into my business. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at my budget <laughs> and, and thinking – how on earth am I going to afford this? And um, But there's one thing that I have learned over the last 15 years of my, my business is that when I've set a goal, I've done it mm. or I've got very close to it. So um, the thing is we can, we can keep going on the same way each year in and out of each year and, um, and think that's all we're capable of. An amazing thing happens when you actually commit um, that that not only do you step up, but everything steps up around you. So if you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can't, you can. Of course, you're also right. Mm, you know? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I just went, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. And don't get me wrong, you know, like I've <laughs> made so many mistakes over the years, but, you know, that also comes part and parcel with taking on the commitment of le- leadership or, or management is that, you know, you are constantly learning. Every time I've done something different in my business, I've never done it before. Mm. I'm going to try it. If it fails, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to try something else. And I have failed a lot. Mm. People may not think like this about successful businesses they kind of look at them and they go wow that's a really successful business or whatever but chances are that whoever's leading that business tried something failed tried failed tried failed and then gone oh wow that one was awesome and epic and it worked you know and I you know and that is that is probably one of the biggest things to when you're growing your business is is to accept that not everything or idea you come up with is going to work. Some of them are going to fail miserably. Just got to like take it on the chin and keep moving. Mm. I feel like there's this big idea that people in the early days of their businesses think that there's that those in the industry who are on top or doing really well have everything figured out and they know exactly what they're doing. And the truth is everyone's just making it up as they go along <laughs> and learning along the way. And it's like so cool to – like the more you talk to people who are in positions like you are, um, the more like people like me who are still in the very early days start to understand that and then you're able to take more risks and yeah. not be scared of failure because you know it's just part of the journey. It is, yeah. And the thing, I, I think the businesses that that don't keep going, it's because they let the failure get to them too much and they, they, they can't see through that. Um, because they think for some reason that's made, you know, that's a reflection of them. It's not. It's just learning, mm. you know. And I, I gosh, if like, <laughs> I think too in a life cycle of a business, right? You, um, you know, with my particular business, you know, at the very big, uh, the first year I launched my business, I did four weddings. I was so excited by yeah. that. And, you know, everything is relative, yeah. you know. And my, my business grew incrementally, very organically for the first five years. It was like tiny little increments. 
And then uh, at year five, I just did this massive, um, like it was like a massive step. It just went like that. And then it kind of tapered off and then it grew incrementally. And then after about 10 years, it went boom again. Mm. And the thing is, your business grows as you do, uh, as you commit to growing. Um, And when it kind of stumbles along and grows organically chances are it's because you're getting used to that new role that you're taking on board and then you get to a point where you have to grow again so you grow and then boom the business grows Mm. um also in those years sometimes you go you lose a bit like you you I've had you know there's been three years in my 15 years where I've dropped um now, obviously, those years scare me a lot. You know, mm-hmm. they, uh, they scare anyone who goes backwards. Uh, but, you know, it's a little bit like investing in um, property over, mm-hmm. over time or anything that you invest in. It's not always going to go up yeah. every year. Some years it's going to go back. You've just got to stick in it for the long term mm-hmm. yeah. and have the long term vision. It's like I was never in it for a quick win. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to... I was in it for the long term, you know, and yeah, still am. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that you're very, this isn't one of the questions I've given you, but I'm throwing it in there. <laughs> Great. You're very um, like in tune with your personal development and you're very like actively trying to better yourself. And like, it's so easy to see that from the outset because of who you are. Like you're so kind and considerate. And even if there's a problem, you approach it in such like a, a considerate way um how much of your success would you attribute to just being a good person and wanting to better yourself oh that's so good and thank you so much for saying that but I can tell you I haven't been like that all the time Mm -hmm. um in fact probably the biggest thing that I've learned in my business is that when I've let the stress get to me too much and I've reacted too much those are the times when I've been the least successful and so um and so I've learned from that and um and I think also over the years too I think coming into COVID uh when COVID hit I mean you know when something completely shuts down your industry it is a very difficult thing to hear when you've put everything on your entire life and all your investment into your business Mm. um it is quite a scary position to be in however it was at that particular time that I knew it was time to change my mentorship up so prior to that my mentorship programs and I've always had a mentor in my business in some capacity some not paid for and some paid for. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'd had some really great business mentors who had helped me get to the real nitty-gritty of my business and how it functions well, mm-hmm. um, taught me how to measure my business well um, to give me, you know, give me the confidence um, of projecting my business, especially in tough times. But when COVID hit, I knew I needed to change it up a bit. I I needed a mentor that would help me return to my centre regularly, in fact, weekly, 
if I was feeling, and you know, we all feel this when we're under, um, in tough times, you know, you, you know the physical symptoms, you know, you, the heart starts racing, you know, your stomach ends up in your mouth, um, you start panicking, you make rash decisions, you um, bite out at people, um, you do all the things that you, you don't like about yourself, you become them, mm. right? And so I decided that I would find a mentor that could help me uh, give me some skills to never do those things. It doesn't matter how stressed you I am, I, I want to be the person that can step back, stop and really look at things clearly mm. before I made a judgment call on that situation. So that has been for me over the last three years a very most incredible probably learning that I've ever done in my life. Mm. I even from this this time last year to this time this year I've changed immensely and I had changed the year before that and the year before and occasionally you might slip up and and think and when you do now it's amazing because you you recognize it straight away and you're like you know what that's my old pattern but I know better than that so you become I bet I feel today like and I say this to my friends all the time especially recently and to my mentor and I've thanked her only very recently for this just I feel more centered and calm and peaceful and excited than I've ever been before and if anything times are harder right now than they've ever been before so that to me is success Mm. I love that oh it's been a really like big time of change for me at the moment as well and I'm in that place where I'm looking at like things I've done and how I've reacted to things and seeing that I haven't been like my best self um so I'm exactly in that place of like reflecting and being like I actively do not want to be like that um so I hope I can I hope I can be a little bit more like you yeah (laughs) Yeah. but that's really amazing that you're actually acknowledging because that's the first part of the learning Mm. you know I mean most people go about their lives and they don't even acknowledge that and don't change that pattern and and wonder why they always struggle or they actually end up getting in a frame of mind where they think that um, everything's going to fail and therefore everything fails Mm. right it's like you are the energy that you put out there or the energy that you put out there it it does you know it does reflect back to you um, and it doesn't mean that you don't have difficult conversations mm-hmm. because you do. It's just you have them in much calmer, uh, more, you know, compassionate um, and, you know, it's like sitting down with someone having a really tough conversation but you're sort of hugging them at the same time Mm. because you're in it together and you know it's tough for them and then you know it's tough for you but you know by actually communicating in a really calm and and beautiful way that both of you are going to get so much further out of this Mm. and once you realize that I mean the entire world opens up and opportunity opens up all the things that you were afraid of doing before become easy conversations Mm. it is it is incredible. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> yeah. 
So you were in that place where you're getting some people contracted on and having, you know, a one day a week. Um, when it got to the point when you knew you needed someone full time, um, how did you go about finding people who like got the vision and, you know, I feel like you're looking for a unicorn. <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny. Uh, I, do you know what? It's just the universe works in an amazing way. And um, as soon as I said I was looking, I, I needed somebody, uh, like people started contacting me. I have been incredibly lucky in my business because the most fantastic humans that I've had in my business, some of which are still with me and some of which have gone off and done other things and eventually everyone's time does come to an end. You never expect everyone to stay forever and ever. But I, I would say that over the course of my business, I have employed some of the most incredible humans I know and um, and 90% of them found me. Mm. So they contacted me. I have always made an effort to respond to every single person who contacts me about work because I think that um, that kind of cold calling is it takes a lot of guts, you know, and I respect that and I know because I was there once, you know. So I make an effort and you'd be amazed, some of the incredible people that I've employed in my business have actually reached out to me and a number of other people but I was the only one who responded Mm. and so that – that for them was really incredible. Uh, so I, um, yeah, I, I've met with a lot of people, but I hired a few, mm-hmm. right? So I, I have met with many people over the years. Didn't hire all of them, but I, I was always, I was always attracted to an employee that. Um, I don't know, there's something about um, being in the wedding industry and in the world that we're in. It's a very emotional world and it is um, – and it requires someone uh, quite – you've got to be in it for the service mm. and um, and those people are really hard, quite hard to find. And so for me, I, I feel it uh, instantly. It's like it's like a gut reaction. I can tell if they are service orientated or not. And um, just as a result of that, they'll always go the extra mile. And so that for me is, is a really big indicator before they even get into the work. You know, I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people think that wedding planning and styling is really glamorous <laughs> and it's it's not it's hard work and um yeah you've you really do dig in and it's long hours on the day and you've got to be prepared for that so um you know I, it always amazes me how many people apply for a job as a stylist which we've advertised over the years and um and then they would say to me after their first shift I had no idea I'd be lifting chairs. <laughs> mm. And I think, well, how like, how did you think that the furniture arrived yeah. there? It's not just... It's it just not, appears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the, the, the team that have stuck with me over the years and um, the ones who lasted, you know, many years in this business, 
they were um, not just, I think, mentally strong people, but physically strong people, and that they um, they they embraced that side of it, mm-hmm. and um, they embraced, yeah, the service side, which is you know, if even if it's not your piece of furniture, like if if the celebrant's walking in and, and, and they're getting luggage out of their car or whatever, then you, if you're walking by, you ask them, oh, can I pick that up and take that to the ceremony for you? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person. Mm-hmm. Not everyone does that. Some people will walk by it, but not the team that I hire. And that was a really important part. So finding those people, um, half of that was easy but it was really quick for me to identify when someone wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. And when you do identify that, how do you go about um, dealing with that? <laughs> um, yeah, over the years, there's not been that many of them, but they have. Um, there have been a few. You know, it's it's a difficult one. Um, it depends how much they want to let me in. You know, I think. Um, some, when they decide it's not for them, they don't know how to deal with it and so they'll go off and find other work and then really not tell me until they've got another job. That's totally their prerogative. I understand everyone approaches it slightly differently. Um, The ideal scenario, not many people, young people, have the confidence to do this, but what I would love more is is if if it isn't a fit, if we could sit down because... If I could work out what the right fit is for them, like I might be able to find them a job mm. and I'd be happy to do that. Like if if I don't have the right job for you and I think you're an amazing human being, I want to find you a, a good fit. So if I can do that with some of the contacts I have, why wouldn't I do that? Mm. That's a win-win for both of us. I can imagine that would be pretty rare. Very to have rare. someone who would be willing to do that for you if you you know, wanted to leave a position. Yeah, but if you think about it, and again, this is probably something that just comes with age, if you go back and really think about it, like, wouldn't that be a really positive way that yeah. we could work? Maybe that could be, you know, when you hire something, there could be a little caveat in your contract. It says, if you decide you don't like it, let's chat about how I can find you a job elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't That's know. a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. I think sometimes that would take the pain out of it a bit more yeah. because, um, you know, uh, there have been a couple of times where I have identified straight away, uh, three or four days into that person mm-hmm. starting, that they're not the right fit. And my instincts on point. I I know that it's and I, it's really hard, because you think oh I'll, I'll give them a go, I'll give mm. them a go. But early indicators already showing that it's not right. And does your team help with that as well? If there's any indicators that they see, yeah. Well, they the, they're the first to kind of come to me with mm. the indicators. You know, I we we hired somebody in a full time capacity, and their first wedding, I uh, went to wet weather backup. Um, which meant that we had to change the venue for wet weather and then we delayed the ceremony for two hours and that that person sat supposedly sat there and complained that they had to wait around for two hours. Like they weren't actually thinking of the client and how important this was for the client. They were thinking about themselves mm. and that's just not what our team does. Our team's like, we want to get it so the client has got the most amazing experience mm. through us. 
So that was a wrong fit from the beginning. Yeah. Eventually they weren't, you know. Absolutely. It's a difficult one, yeah. And as your staff, you know, grow too, yeah, you, um, you know, and as your business grows, you know, it's not just you as the leader that goes through these kind of growth spurts and your knowledge and, and your understanding of yourself as a human being, but your staff do the same. Mm. Yep. So what do you think it takes to be a great leader? Uh, you know, I, I really love this question and I'm actually reading a lot of leadership books at the moment because... Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, first of all, I think there's, um, it's probably an important point in that there's a difference between a leader and a manager, which is a really important point because, you know, in your business, um, as your business grows, you, um, you need a leader but you also need a manager. And um, so they have quite different roles. So, you know, I, I mean, I see a leader as the, the person of um, inspiration for your business, the, the person that is leading the strategic direction of that business. Um, and that when times are tough, that staff can look to that person and, and go, okay, that that leader is going to, you know, show us where to go. That leader is going to support us in every single decision, you know, that the hard decisions that we're about to make and and that leader is our – it's kind of like – it's that light, you know, it, it's, it's, the, it's the light on the end of the cliff, you know, it's that beacon that, you know, that's the leader, the, the person of divine inspiration – a manager is is actually a, such an important role in the business because, you know, that manager is essentially um, looking at the everyday details and how they can improve the everyday details to ensure that every person working in that business is, is having a great time. You know, um, I've been very lucky in my life because I've worked at two businesses where... Um, the people were the most important things in the, that biz, those businesses. And I also had an experience where I worked at an amazing business who put people last. Mm. And I could see the difference. And I know I knew which one I wanted to work for. And it definitely wasn't that one. And, mm. I, and, and, and I actually felt so um, claustrophobic working in that business. And I remember coming up with this amazing idea. I could see this huge gap and I wanted to fill it. And I was like, this could bring so much revenue into this business. I was so excited. And I, and I went to the, um, my, my manager and, and her manager and said, you know, I've got this great idea. I genuinely feel like we could put, you know, a million pounds on our bottom line here if we filled this gap. And I want to help you do it. Like, I'd like to lead this project. And all I got was, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know, the brakes were put on. And it's like, no, 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 no. There would be so many processes that we've got to go to before that idea could even, we would even think about doing that idea. And whereas the other businesses that I had worked on and that had put their people first, like the people were the ones that created the ideas and their management listened to those ideas and then it was like, well, let's give it a go. Mm. 
And so it was really quick from idea to like implementation and, you know, and that's what I think drives success. Yeah, so I felt like incredibly let down and I actually like I went downstairs after that meeting and I and I wrote my resignation. Mm. And three days later I had another job and with an incredible company who put people first. That's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how many people don't though. Yeah. What is some of your proudest moments as a leader? Oh my goodness. <sighs> I don't think I really answered the last question. Oh, did you? <laughs> I went into it like a, I kind of went into a spin What it there. takes. Let's go back. What does it take to be a great leader? Yeah, yeah. No. Too too. <laughs> um, yeah. I genuinely think that to be a great leader, you have to um, know yourself really well. The more I read about leadership, the more I practice leadership approaches the more I realise that um, you have to know yourself so well, you also have to you have to completely understand where your um, genius is and where it's not, and you've got to be able to let go. The thing is, when you're a great leader, you know you're not doing the day to day stuff. You're you're the visionary mm-hmm. for the business. So, you know, even though you might have started that business, you know, if you want to end up at the, as the leader with, you know, leading a team of people, you've got to let go every year. You've got to let go of something because you cannot still be doing your job and be the leader, mm-hmm. right? It's just not possible. And I think um, sometimes you might have to jump in and go back to some of the things, you know, depending on what happens to the market. I had to do that last year with COVID. There was so much going on. I had to jump back in and be in the business. You know what? I think so many things suffered because I did that. Mm. I We got the weddings done, but then the business missed out on the leadership. Yep. So, you know, now I'm trying to, like, really pull that back this year. So, yeah, you got to um, – yeah, get to know yourself well and and I think getting to know yourself is, is kind of like accepting who you are. This is who I am. This is what I believe in. And, 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 and you've got to get to that kind of like, you know, I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. I, I am who I am and this is what I believe in. This is what I'm passionate about and I I just want to get out there and I want to do good and I want to do better each time I do it and um, and I want the people that I surround myself to have a good time doing it and I want to support the people around me. So, um, yeah, so some people are going to love that, what you do, and some people are not and you've just got to let that go. Mm. Just go, this is what inspires me and this and 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 travel your own road and take your own journey and love every minute of it and that's how you find your people anyway because you're never going to find those people who support you wholeheartedly if you're trying to please everyone you're just going to have a bunch of people who kind of support you and you're never going to have those like ride or dies and 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 the thing is no one will actually really support you wholeheartedly when you're trying to please everyone because in trying to please everyone 
we're actually not being authentic. Mm. So you 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 actually gotta gotta be okay with not pleasing some people, mm-hmm. and and be completely true to yourself, and be happy with losing some people, mm-hmm. and so that you can step up for those who really need your support. And it's ridiculous to think that we're perfect human beings, and it's ridiculous to think that we're going to make you know be inspirational to everyone because we're just not mm. <laughs> and you got to get that out of your head and go um I like to think of it a little bit like this if I can inspire one person today to do something different and that takes them one incremental step further than they were yesterday like I've done my job mm. That's inspiring to me because all of that stuff adds up day after day after day after day. And then, you know, 100 days down the track, there's 100 steps that you've encouraged someone else to make. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like don't put too much pressure on yourself. Be who you are. Be completely authentic. And, you know, um, people will just, you know, the people that really, really – get inspired by you are the ones who really gravitate to your authenticity mm-hmm. proudest moments as a leader <laughs> uh it probably comes a little bit back to that actually you know i um like i am so proud of my team all the time but and you know my team has won awards like lots of awards um both in australia and overseas and, you know, those are accolades, right? Mm. And obviously I'm proud of them. But I think it's actually the little things that they do that, that, really, that really get me. Uh, so when I see them step up for another team member um, and do something like random acts of kindness, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Because that's living and breathing the values of this business and and I, when I see them helping out the suppliers or the venues or, you know, taking them flowers or um, making them a cake or, um, you know, just, just going that little bit further, that's actually when I look at them and I, I get really proud of them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> What's some of the biggest lessons that your team has taught you? Oh my goodness, that is such a good question. They've taught me so much. <laughs> um, I you, look, they one of the biggest lessons they have taught me over the last five years is I I at the moment I have a very I have a team that have been with me for a long time. Most of the people in my team have been with me for um, five years or more. And so, like, one of the big things that they've taught me is how to let go. And um, they've done that in a really beautiful way because they've stepped up to help me let go. You know, I remember the first time that I decided that I was going to hand over the inquiry. I mean, that was – I remember, like, being so caught up in my chest, like, I can't even – you know how like what if they don't do it and we don't get you know like what if they can't um you know and I I remember you know for the first couple of months like actually going through and reading all the emails Mm -hmm. and all the communication making sure it was on point and and of course it was on point you know um uh Sarah who was our 
uh, general general manager. She was manager. She was the first person who took over the inquiry. And, and look, you know, oh my god, it was just everything was like on point. So I had nothing to worry about. It was there, there was no issue with them. Mm. It was like I had to let go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and yeah, and I'm sure they must have looked at me so many times, my staff went, God, can she do this already? (laughs) (laughs) I'm really over it. But yeah, um, then after a while, I realized they, they were all trying to tell me this and it was just all I had to do a step back. So that was a really great one. Um, great example of them teaching me something, but I think the other thing, and a lot of this has probably come to fruition over the last couple of years as well, as I've got to know myself a lot better and decided what I want and the kind of person I want to be, and um, is is understanding that, you know, outside of this business that we run um, and all the emotions that we've had to deal with over the last, well, with COVID, I mean, was really hard on the wedding industry, but sometimes we forget that we are also humans with a life outside of our business mm-hmm. and <laughs> and and often we got kind of get swept swept away with thinking that our clients um and this business is just also con- all consuming and we we don't have anything else going on but my my team have taught me this really great lesson in that everyone out Everyone has something else going on and everybody's personal life um, needs to be considered in the entire, um, what am I trying to say? (laughs) Um, You know, if someone's having a tough day, it it might not be you and it might not be the business. It could be something happening at home. Mm -hmm. And so as human beings, we've actually, all we've got to do is communicate better. Instead of going, oh, that person's got the bee up their bonnet, you know, and getting a bit shitty with them, which quite quite often happen when you're mm-hmm. under stress, you get offended that someone's upset, mm-hmm. but that's just such a silly thing because when you think about it logically, it doesn't make any sense. There's always a reason why. Yeah, and in fact, what you should be doing is saying, I can see you're a little bit upset. Do you want to talk about it or can I help? Mm. Um, and, and so I think with what happened last year and how stressful last year was, and there are a number of incidents that came up in our team that were really difficult. I think that's the one thing that my team taught me. It's like, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the business. It's not necessarily the client could be that just, you know, I just, you need to give me some space so I can actually, do some stuff in my personal time. Mm-hmm. And so we, we put up, um, we tried to create, um, you know, some opportunities where people could have some boundaries if they were feeling a little bit rough, mm-hmm. that they could go and take a walk or climb up Mount Coolum or go and do something, clear their head and then come back to work. And that was that was something we kind of incorporated into the business, which was, you know, it's okay if you've got something going on at home. If you feel like you can't come in, go away and do that clear your head and when you're ready come back and that's an acceptable part of being in this business Mm. that's massive I've been struggling for a bit with this concept of balance and like making sure 
that your personal life is, you know, thriving as well because obviously when you love what you do, like you pour all of your time into it, especially at the beginning when you're building it. Yep. So ha- having like balance doesn't always apply in a way because you feel like, well, if I love what I'm doing, why do I need to stop? If I have three hours spare on this afternoon and I've just done a photo shoot that I'm really excited to edit, why should I not edit that if that brings me joy? But in the last, I would say, three months, I've been quite different and I've I felt I've been built my business to a point where um, I I can step back and I can take that time every week to do the things that I actually love to do. And once I reconnected with those things, I understood what I had been missing the yeah. whole entire time, yeah. um, which isn't to say I, I wouldn't have done it in the first place because I really think in those early days you need to put in that time. Yeah. Um, but what does balance mean for you mm. in your life and business? <laughs> Uh, this is such a big piece in life and I do think in life you will go through periods, um, you know, it's like seasonality over your lifetime, right? And where you have more energy for some things than others. And look, as you transition through your life stages, um, you know, you your energy shifts uh, as it has to. And uh, look, I, I agree with you, you know, in the early stages of your business, you do really have to put in the hard yards uh, to build. And I, I actually think if you're not doing that, then you're probably not that passionate about it. So I, you know, I think we talked about this at the beginning, you know, like I was doing really big hours, but I was loving every Mm. single second of it, you know. Um, But it isn't sustainable and you do need to be, look, I'm totally guilty over the lifespan of my business. I have not taken long enough breaks. Um, I have felt a responsibility to be um, present, um... And last, you know, I've taken little breaks, three or four days here and there and that kind of thing. But last year, obviously, went to the States to run the New York Marathon and I took a month off work. I've I've never taken a month off work <laughs> since I launched my business. Did it feel bizarre? It felt <laughs> really weird. When I landed in New York, I got to my first hotel and I'm not kidding you, the first thing I unpacked was my computer, set it all up and went to jump. I hadn't even unpacked my bag mm. and I went to jump on and then I had to really pull myself up and I was like, hang on a minute, that's not what you came here for. Mm-hmm. You actually came here to take a break. Your team have got it under control. You can walk away for a month. It's going to be okay. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is hard. You know, I do think as a small business owner we are – in many ways, we're always in our business, you know, even when we are away. Mm-hmm. We're still in some way kind of connected to it or tuning into a staff member or the general manager or tuning into the bank accounts or, you know, whatever we're doing to stay in in the zone a bit. Um, we, we don't kind of completely, like, switch off our phone and go, it's going to be okay for a month mm-hmm. because that just is not realistic. Yeah. Uh, but... You do need to um, create balance and look, you know, last year was probably the most unbalanced in terms of work versus personal that I've ever had in my 
this since I started it. Mm-hmm. Last year pushed me and my team beyond the imaginable and it was we were so tired by the end of the year and and that exhaustion was just, you know, I felt like nobody loved their job anymore and I don't want to be like that, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, we needed to go and take a break in order to come back fresh. But also on the flip side of that, um, you know, finding the things, the little things that you can do that bring you back into balance and whether that's and everyone's got their own thing, hopefully it's it's kind of a, a positive thing, you know, not going out and just getting hammered. <laughs> um, but instead, you know, um, whether it's you know you're going for a run or you you're going for the, to the gym or spending some time with your um, kids or you know Natalie and I have just created this whiteboard at home Mm -hmm. and on a Saturday and Sunday there's a two-hour block which is just called play yeah and she gets to actually (laughs) she gets to to say what the play is Mm -hmm. you know and I just have to agree with it (laughs) and um yeah and so last weekend it was could could, we had to make and I'm not a crafty person like craft isn't my thing right and so we had to make um hand puppets that were dragons and it was quite technical and yeah. I was shitted it and she was amazing and I was like oh so I don't want to be here right now but I'm doing this for my kid yeah. right and um anyway so today I'm like hey what do you want to do on the weekend she's like I want to go bouldering and I'm like yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> so I'm kind of into that but you know you do have to you do have to um, balance balance your life in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a challenge always mm. throughout your entire life. I mean, you know, uh, running a business when you've just had a newborn baby, like the challenge of balance is. I can't imagine. But you just do it because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. And it's the same with every part of your life. You kind of look back at it and go, how did I do that? And then you get to another part of your life and then you go, how did I do that? But you just do it. Yeah. And because, again, it comes back to what we talked about at the very beginning and probably a great way to kind of tie this whole thing up today is, you know, at the heart of every business and you know when your time's up because you lose it mm-hmm. is your passion and and your will to keep going because you love it and if um you know when you'll see your business fluctuating um if you lose that because people feel that Mm. and and then if you do have a business if you had a business for 10 years or 15 years and you're starting to lose that, it's a really good time for you to either get someone to step into your position. It doesn't mean you need to actually sell that business or or you could move out of the business. But don't lose it and keep trying to be the leader because even your staff won't respect you because they'll see you've lost it. Yeah. And nobody wants that, you know. So it's, a, it's a, such a big piece. You've got to keep the passion alive. Mm. What's it like having a relationship yeah. or marriage? <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep the passion alive. Yeah. Are there any last little tidbits, any advice you would give to someone who's looking to build a team? I think um, the biggest piece for, and, and I hear this from many 
many businesses and I've um, I've mentored other small businesses around the Sunshine Coast also uh, further afield and uh, the probably the biggest thing I ever heard and uh, <laughs> most frequently heard is I don't know how to leap I'm not willing to leap because I'm not willing to part with the money um, and it's such a limited way of looking at your business because that's basically saying to yourself that you don't have the capability of making enough money to pay for two of you in this business. And then when you actually learn, if you're willing to take that leap, that you can do it and then you can take on a third and then a fourth and, and that's how you grow your business. But you've got to have the faith and the belief because so much of the achieving is in setting the goal and believing you can do it. Um, and that is a leap of faith. And most people don't do it because they think, hang on a minute, I'm earning this much money. Like, if I hire somebody else, then like I'm not earning enough to survive. And so how can that person actually double my my business? Well, what you what you need to do is is not be looking at your business as that person coming in to replicate you and double your business that way but you need to be thinking about like how can I bring someone into my business to actually do a part of the business that I'm not really a genius in and by taking that part off me how many hours does that set me free for so that I can drive more of the business that I want. Mm -hmm. And when you actually trust in that model, it actually works. Yeah. But it is, you've, you've got to be prepared to take the leap. You've got to actually take, like you're looking into the black hole and you've got to step off. Mm -hmm. And trust that you've, you've got the willpower and, and the expertise to make it work. And I can tell you, if you've created a business that can afford you an income yourself full-time, then you're more than capable of creating another full-time role mm. because you've had to go from zero to your salary, right? Yep. And so if you can go and do that, then you can do it again and you can do it again. Oh, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. It, it is. is. It is such a big one and it, it, it is such a – like, you know, like if you're not feeling scared by it, then it's not a big enough leap. Mm. You know, um, I hear this all the time. People, you know, you've got to take a risk to, to, to step into the new a new way of doing things. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, great. But, you know, once you do you and, and you realise, oh, I can do this, and then you can do it again. Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much. This uh, has been such an amazing chat and very inspiring for me and I'm sure so many others listening. So I hope so. Thank you and I'm so excited to see what you continue to do. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope I hope everyone's got something out of that and um yeah, and obviously I'm I'm happy if anyone does have any interesting or quirky um you know, leadership or staff 
issues or they just want to chew the fat, you know, I'm happy for you to pass on mm. my details to them. Amazing. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you yeah. and Lovebirds and all the things, oh, website, Instagram, all of that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, obviously, uh, my business is Lovebird Weddings, but I do have a coaching platform that I've just launched, which is called Wed Coach. It is on Instagram as uh, a wed underscore coach. Um, that's where I'm just beginning to sort of um, provide some, I guess, information and, and some inspiration for people out there who do have small businesses in the wedding industry. I'm there to support um, and nurture the wedding industry. And um, yeah, so I'm approaching lots of different topics. This weekend, I am talking about... The, I guess at the moment what a lot of people 